Welcome back to the Recovery Daily Podcast, friends. I'm your host, Rachel Miller. I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic and stroke survivor. Today, for those of you participating in the Plank Challenge, is day seven. And for both tracks, three minutes and five minutes, you will be doing 45 seconds. That's 45 seconds. Um, We are going to be breaking, like, the time soon. I think it's in the next couple days. The five-minute will start getting a little more um, time than the three-minute. So, 45 seconds today. Today's episode is about self-nurturing, which was both the topic of my psychiatric appointment yesterday and the topic of my sobriety meeting this morning. Only in sobriety do the planets continuously align like this, pointing me in the direction that I'm supposed to go. So, I mean, it's obvious. Obviously, I'm supposed to do this topic on this podcast today. It's not like I search for coincidences. They are just handed to me. There is no confusion when it happens. So, self-nurturing. I have to keep coming back to this topic, honestly. Um, I have to remind myself uh, that that it's number one in my life. And since I'm not unique and we're on this journey together, me and you, I'm reminding you too of the importance of self-nurturing. So self-nurturing is not just some fancy term for, you know, I feel like all the time I'm like self-care, self-love, self-knowledge, but um, each of them are, are, are independent of each other, like they all have different meanings and serve a different purpose. So um, I'm not just pulling them out of the air. <laughs> it's stuff that um, that I've read about and, and that kind of thing. So um, anyway, it's self-nurturing is about engaging in practices that heal us reduce stress, and remind us of our purpose. So for me, this podcast is a form of self-nurturing. It's a space where I can share my experience, strength, and hope with you, all while focusing on my recovery. It gives me purpose. And um, I've said this before, as soon as I entered into full-time stroke recovery, focusing on getting better and healing, um, the first thing I did was started this podcast because I knew that I needed that, you know, I needed a purpose. So um, I've been reflecting on the importance of aligning my daily activities with my values, and this is because it's something that my psychiatrist and I talked about. It's something I used to talk about in the podcast months ago, but it seems like some things have dropped off, Um, so I want to bring those back. So if you... um, 
may remember, I don't know if you do or not, but my values are communication, learning, and health. And um, my psychiatrist was talking about, I was saying how, you know, I've got these different things that I do. I've got sewing projects. I've got um, gardening. I've got baking. And now I've been doing a lot more cooking since we've done uh, gone vegan. I find that kind of fun to uh, create new vegan things. Uh, it's kind of cool. Um, but I said to her that I feel like although these activities are enjoyable, they don't make me feel like I have purpose. And so she said that it's important to bring your activities around to align with your values. <laughs> and I got all excited. I was like, oh, oh, I have values. I have values. <laughs> and uh, so she kind of laughed. But um, because it's in, it's been important since the beginning of this that I identify what my values are. And honestly, I had these values far before my stroke. It's something that I had done with my staff members at work, we had to all, <laughs> we had to all pick our values and stretch goals and stuff like that. And because that's the kind of manager that I, that I am. And uh, so I've had these for quite some time. And they have continued to be the ones like that I choose. They, they haven't changed over all this time, even with uh the the massive changes that I've had in my life and and these so these values communication learning and health propelled me to start this podcast and then in turn start the blog so the blog is really just repurposing the podcast script so that it's in writing sometimes I'll add a little different twist on them but on my website recoverydailypodcast.com I have um, a lot of blogs. Not every podcast is turned into a blog, but the topics that really interest me um, that I want to continue to think about, I'll repurpose them into a blog as well. And so these two things, the podcast and the blog, they're what I need to return to when I feel lost and overwhelmed and purposeless, you know? And lately I've been questioning a lot my condition, you know, my future, whether I should focus on getting better or preparing for a different life. Um, I know that may sound weird, like, of course I should focus on getting better. Well, you know... I, I'm sure I've said this so much that it's probably getting old, but I don't know if I can get better. So I don't want to, it's so, when I try to say it out loud, it just doesn't seem to sound right. I don't, I don't want to invest my time and my uh, pain you know, because that's going to be the result 
in activities and therapy that's not going to change the problem. Um, And I have been recommended twice to go to vision therapy when there's nothing wrong with my vision. You see? And now they're sending me to a ear, nose, and throat gal uh, to see if I have vestibular disorder. Um, so I, I guess, yeah, I'm taking a little tangent for now for a second, but I did go to the neurologist today and we reviewed my MRI on my ears and it turns out that everything is fine in my ears. There's nothing wrong there either. So the ear system, the vision system, all of that is good. Um, I did find out that I had a tiny itty bitty little mini stroke in the, uh, oh, I can't remember, in the back of my brain, um, in the smallest lobe. I was not aware of that. Nobody told me that until today. She said it was so small that it could not be the cause of my symptoms. Um, When I look at this part of the brain that that she said it's in, it's the uh, occipital, I think it's called, occipital lobe. O-C-C-I-P-I-T-A-L lobe, that is where it controls your vision. So I'm like, I don't know about this. Like, all signs are pointing to maybe we should look into this a little more. Um, Anyway, I'm going to the ear, nose, and throat gal at the beginning of March, but I think think that I may um, get a second opinion about this stuff that happened in the back of my brain because um, it seems suspicious to me um, to just say, nope, there's no way that that, (laughs) there's no way that that's what's wrong with you. Um, I, I feel like maybe we could look at that a little longer or look at some research or something like that. Um, It's, it's similar to when I first had my stroke and I told them I had a headache and uh, what I was told was, let's wait a year and see if you still have the headache. Well, a year later, I still had the headache, you know? Um, So there's a lot of like, uh, you know, let's just put that aside right now. And, And this is my health and And that's kind of one of the things that I'm going to talk about is being my own advocate. And um, it's funny that uh, this topic came up today when I was talking to my dad as well. Um, So anyway, uh, let's see. Where was I? I totally went uh, strayed from the topic. So um, I've been questioning my future and my condition and and what what should I be focused on? Should I be focused on doing whatever I can to go back to work? 
Or should I be focused on preparing for a different kind of life, like retirement, like retiring early or something like that? Um, and so the psychiatrist asked me, what, what would you do differently right now uh, with these two different paths? If you were preparing to go back to work, or if you were preparing for a different life where you're not working and you're on disability, what would you do different right now? And, and I thought, well, that's a really good question. What would I do? Well, I would stay up to date on digital marketing. I would, um, honestly, I would probably not take care of myself as well as I would if I did not focus on trying to go back to work. Um, because that's what I did the first two years. I didn't focus on myself. I focused on work and getting back to work and being, having that be my purpose. And what she said to me, which I really appreciated was that I'm what ifing. And in the beginning of my sobriety, I learned how I need to not what if. Actually, before I got sober, um, this is something that my brother and I would talk about. And one of his uh, uh, leadership, um, I don't know, peers would talk about this idea of what ifing and how much of a a waste of energy that is and and just knowing that you have what it takes to handle whatever it is as it comes and I never related that to what I'm going through right now I never recognize that what I'm doing is what ifing if I you know <laughs> I just said it if if I go back to work, then what do I need? Then what do I do right now? If I don't go back to work, then then what do I need to do right now? You know, I can't what if I need to come back and live in today. And I just hadn't realized it that those are what ifs. And she reminded me the importance of focusing on what's in my control. And what what is that that's in my control? Um, advocating for myself, engaging in day-to-day coping, and making life enjoyable. What is not in my control? Um, figuring out what's wrong with me. You know, I, I mean, that sounds weird because it's me and I should be in control of that. But I'm not in control of finding out what's wrong with me. That's what the doctors are for. What's in, what's in my control is getting myself to the doctors, organizing my recovery schedule. That's it. That's all I can control. Um, the fact that, you know, we went and looked at this MRI today and they said, well, there's your... Um, It's an infarct. That's what it's called in my cerebellum. And I hope I'm saying all the words right. But it's just a a little area where the brain cells died. 
in um in the back of my brain and looking at that i i can't control what decisions they make about that um yeah i feel like i want a second opinion but i can't really control you know i can go and get a second opinion but i can't control what um conclusions they come to you know and and that i felt like that was true because that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to figure out it, i i make myself sick literally with head pain uh and nausea after i get back from the neurologist searching for all the terms that she said while i was in the office and and what it means and then i pulled my old mri from the hospital back out and found because i wanted to make sure that that mini stroke in the back of my brain was something that they found uh when i had the original stroke and it was uh so i just want to make sure i wasn't <laughs> having more strokes but um there's nothing more you know there's a point where i need to leave this up to the doctors and stop trying to solve my own problem and and focus more on coping and managing my symptoms and that's something that i've gotten away from over the past month or so um more than that really so um so i'll talk about this a little more the the psychiatrist said that um, behavioral activation, this was a topic that she brought up. Um, behavioral activation is a fancy way of saying to break out of a depressive cycle. So what she was saying is like, what I'm doing is I'm getting caught up in the idea that I don't have a purpose. So should I be focused on getting better or should I be focused on getting, you know, accepting early retirement? Um, and then I get frustrated that I don't know the answer to that. So I'll, you know, I'll start working harder at turning my podcast into like a job, you know, um, I'll start thinking about, well, um, if I can write this memoir and then, uh, start doing the podcast, I can advertise the podcast and the, you know, like I start spinning into all these ideas and then, and then I make myself sick some more. And then the, the more sick I feel, the more depressed I am about how shitty I feel. So it, it just, I'm in a loop. Um, the more I do, the more depressed I get because I, I start hurting. My head starts hurting. My eyes start not working even more where I can't see straight and, and that kind of thing. So... Um, she said that by aligning my activities that don't hurt my head with my values, 
I can return to a feeling of purpose. So the reason why I keep getting spun up about like making my podcast into something bigger than it is or, you know, writing more, um, the things like the things that make me feel like I have purpose are the things that hurt my head, which is digital stuff. So, um, writing the memoir, I can close my eyes and write it, or I can dictate and write it. Um, but any kind of research or anything like that, um, hurts my head. And it makes me, you know, learning is one of my values. And I just, I'm always like a sponge, like wanting to learn more. And, and it hurts my head. So I said to her about how the sewing and the painting and all of these things, um, you know, like I said earlier, they're enjoyable, but they don't really align with my values. So she wanted to uh, have us think about that, about how some of these can be altered a little bit in order to align with my values. So that's one of my homework items this week is to try to figure out how can some of these things align with my values. So I'll figure it out. I still don't know. (laughs) But um, with the podcast, it's, it's easy to forget the original purpose of the podcast. Um, Just like it's, it's easy to forget the uh, original purpose of any project as it, as it, you know, as time goes on. And, and so revisiting this, this idea of why I started the podcast, um, reins me back in, you know, it reins me back in and, make sure that I don't start spinning out of control, snowballing into part-time jobs, (laughs) which is what I do. So, um, you know, and, and it reminds me of these, like when I was at work, when we would start a project, man, this would happen all the time. (laughs) Sorry to any of you who, who I worked with, but we would, um, So I was in marketing, we would have a project. And this happens all the time. It's not just my company, it's everywhere. So you have like a purpose for a project. And then over time, you know, the job was, it was in, it was a very dynamic environment. So things were changing constantly. So if we had a project, it needed to get um, done rather quickly because if you if it delayed too long, the environment would change and it the project was no longer needed, you know, and that's not a fault of the company by any means. It's actually... Um, it's actually more of a, a, I think, pretty cool thing that everything was changing so rapidly that um, 
that we had to keep up, you know. Um, and that's one of the things I liked about the job. But what what gets you in trouble in this type of environment is if you continue to work on a project when the original purpose is has been lost or it has changed the the original purpose is no longer exists the need for it Um, because when that happens resources are wasted time is wasted you know um, the teams get frustrated and confused and so it's always important to revisit the original purpose because when you do you may realize that you either need to realign to the current environment the current work environment or you may find that the project is just simply no longer no longer has value um, because the environment has changed and and there's nothing wrong with that um, again what's wrong with it is continuing a project for the sake of finishing a project not for the sake of successfully achieving its purpose or for you know for value's sake so um anyway i'm a little passionate about that so uh back to the original project which is my podcast so the podcast the blog and the memoir they are my way of finding purpose and staying true to my values and putting my recovery first communication all three of those are communication learning um I've been learning how to uh, write a memoir and do a podcast. <laughs> I have been doing blogs for a long time. But um, I'm also, when I come across a topic in my podcasts, I'm doing a lot of learning. You know, I'm doing a lot of learning about these different areas in recovery that can help me. And in turn, when I communicate it, it, I can help you. Um, and this is all around my health. So communication, learning, and health. Um, so I've realized over the past couple days that I need to refocus to prevent my ideas from snowballing into something unmanageable. I'm one to turn something like a podcast into some traveling circus if I let my mind get away from me. And I tend to snowball ideas into massive part-time jobs, you know? Um, I've always done it. I do it a little more since I've gotten sober, but I did it. I was doing things like that when I was drinking also. Um, They were just bad ideas and not thought through when I was drinking. Uh, I just can't stop myself from like ideating my way into like a funnel of obsession (laughs) to just keep spitting out, um, you know, one idea after another. And, And yet with each additional idea that I come up with, the other ideas, the previous ones, lose value. So, I'm not trying to beat myself up, but I am recognizing how I have veered off course. So my goal for the next few days is to get back to that world famous schedule on my whiteboard board and 
outlining my self-care routines and my goals that reflect my values. So those of you who are lifetime listeners, that means you've been listening for seven months. (laughs) That's the lifetime Uh, Remember my world-famous schedule. Well, somewhere along the way, I erased it on my whiteboard. Um, I don't know why. I feel like I erased it because I didn't want it to get stuck because it was up there for so long. I didn't want it to dry out and I couldn't erase it. So I erased it, but I didn't put anything back up. So it's back up. I wrote it back up there. Um, was that this morning? No, last night. I think I wrote it back up last night. So my world famous schedule is back up. And consider writing yourself a schedule. Um, what I do is, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, I have my day from when I wake up to when I go to sleep written on the whiteboard. And it has things like from 7am to 8am is my sobriety meeting. From 8am to 9am is um, researching and writing out my podcast script. And then 10am to noon is my one goal of the day. So whatever it is that I want to accomplish. Like today, my goal was to bring the heavy-ass ladder from the garage up to the top floor and uh, do some decorating. We have these really tall shell, uh, like shelves that are above the closets. A lot of houses have those now. Anyway, I had some ideas of what I wanted to put up there, and I had been waiting for... Um, someone to bring the ladder up to me but (laughs) but I think it was best for me to exercise these arms of mine and bring it up myself so that's what I did of course my boyfriend offered and I was like no 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 I got it I got it anyway um what was my point oh so 10 a.m to noon is the one goal of the day And then we've got lunch. So I even write in there when eating time is. And that's specifically because I sometimes forget to eat or get too lazy to eat. And that's where I need to make sure I make space for that. So and then I have my nap time. I also have a little line that says call somebody. And that is between... um, I think that's between 12 and 1 before my nap, I have to call somebody. So um, I I think it's important that I connect with at least one person um, in my network, whether it's family, friends, whomever, ex-co-workers, whatever, um, just to keep me feeling like I'm a part of. So that's on there too. And yeah, so that's what my world famous schedule is. And it's really helpful to me. So if you think that might be helpful to you for some reason, feel free to steal that. And then I also have on my mirror in my sewing room slash podcast room slash craft room, um, I have a big gigantic mirror in there. And I have a list of 
things I want to accomplish over the next two months. So I have a quilt that I'm going to make that I want to make. I have, um, yeah, things like my memoir and I can't remember what's up there right now, but I have like, oh, my, <laughs> my pajama pants that I've been trying to sew that are driving me crazy, but I am going to finish them. Um, those are up there too. So I have two different schedules and then together. So what I need to do is take the list of things that I want to accomplish over the next couple months and align them to my goals. Make sure that each one serves or my values, align them to my values. So make sure that each one that I have up there aligns to one of my three goals. I don't know how those daggone pajama pants align to a value. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. So, um, self-nurturing. So this morning in my sobriety meeting, um, the, it, Thursdays are the meditation meeting. So that means Tamara Levitt on Calm did our meditation and she focused on self-nurturing too. So she mentioned that earlier, early in life, um, others nurture us and cheer us on. And as we get older, we can't rely on others as much. You know, we have to build independence. And I've talked about that in previous episodes, but What I've also talked about is there's still a fragile being inside of us. And that's what Tamara said, a fragile being inside of us amidst all of our adult responsibilities. And she suggests that we need to offer kindness and compassion to ourselves and love yourself as a parent loves a child. And that always resonates with me and I forget it. You know, I forget it. So she also said, I, I haven't heard this before, I don't think, but I really love this. She said, um, you are someone else's memory. I love that. You are someone else's memory. So take care of yourself. And I just love that saying. Um, I might need to get that framed or something. So to sum up today, uh, let's remember to nurture ourselves, engaging in practices that heal us, reduce stress, and remind us of our purpose and align um, our daily activities to our values. And that goes for somebody who's not in stroke recovery, you know, it's um, making sure that the things that we're participating in on a day-to-day basis um, add value to our lives, you know. Um, I feel like there's, you know, when I was running around to and from work and, and hustling and bustling all the time, I can't imagine how many things I was doing actually aligned with my values because I wasn't prioritizing my values. I was prioritizing my job. And um, and so many of us do that. Um, it's hard not to. We spend the majority of our time um, at our job, either at our job or sleeping. 
you know it's it's hard to take a break and think oh, I need to prioritize my values you know who does that but it really I think um, brings a sense of peace when you can say yeah I'm doing the things that are important to me um, so let's not do things for the sake of doing them but because they bring us closer to who we truly are and what we value. Um, so that's it. So thanks for joining me today. I needed you today. I had a quiet night and it's comforting to know that you are there for me to talk to. You're there for me <laughs> to talk to. So remember that you are important to me. And our recovery matters to us. Whatever you're in recovery for, um, everybody is recovering from something. And um, so thank you for taking the time to, to listen. And, um, and remember that um, one thing that my psychiatrist also said is that taking time to care for yourself to rest, um, to sleep, to take naps, um, to eat these, these kind of basic things, they are not doing nothing. Um, they are doing something. They are, they are actions that heal us. And um, so in recovery, these things are actually doing everything for us. So thank you for tuning in to the Recovery Daily Podcast, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye.